Hi, welcome to the StoryWorth podcast. We're glad you're here. I'm your host, Krista Baum, co-founder of StoryWorth. On this podcast, we feature true stories written by StoryWorth writers. If you're new to StoryWorth, we help people write their life stories, the big stories and the small ones. Once a week, we send our writers a question to help inspire their writing. They reply to the email with an answer or story that comes to mind. At the end of the year, we print what they've written into a beautiful keepsake book. Every story written using StoryWorth is private, but for this podcast, the writers volunteered to share their stories publicly with you. We're just days away from Christmas. Has everyone finished their holiday shopping? Do you remember when you started to spend your own money on gifts? Today's story is so relatable. It's about the first time our writer saved up enough money to actually buy a Christmas present for her parents. Today, I'll chat with our author, Melissa McQuarrie, about her summer Christmases in Australia. But before that, enjoy her story, read by Sarah O'Dwyer. My favorite holiday as a child was Christmas. Since we lived in Australia, we celebrated Christmas during the middle of summer holidays. And combining my favorite season with my favorite holiday seemed only natural. December always began in a swelter. Flies stuck to the screen door, and the bush hummed with cicadas and the Blue Mountains shimmered sapphire in the heat. We drowsed through the last week of school, our legs sticking to the chairs while flies buzzed through the open windows. On the last day of school, we chatted excitedly on the bus and then ran home from the bus stop. Not only was the school year over, but we had six weeks to explore the bush-covered foothills and swim in the Nepean River behind our house. And Christmas was only two weeks away. During the first days of summer holidays, I'd forget about geography and math and lay on a lawn chair in the shade of our backyard gum tree and read Christmas stories to the sounds of ski boats on the Nepean and swimmers' laughter floated up through the heat. While mum baked fruit cakes stuffed with Brazil nuts and cherries to give to the neighbours, my siblings, Todd, Shelley and I, roamed the bush. As the oldest, at 12, I warned my younger siblings to watch out for black adders and to not pick the plants with the prickles on them. Some afternoons, Shelley and I set up camp by a nearby creek that pooled and bubbled over the slippery rocks before spilling into the Nepean. We breaststroked through one of the deeper pools, pretending we were the girls in the Skinny Dip perfume commercial. Afterward, we sunbathed on the sandstone slabs jutting over the water and talked about our Christmas lists. We planned to buy mum and dad a hammock that we'd seen advertised on the back of a spray starch can for only $12.99 plus postage. All of us would contribute pocket money. The hammock would be sent parcel post to the Emu Plains train station, and I would ride the three miles to the train station on my bike to pick it up, then smuggle it home so we could wrap it and surprise our parents on Christmas morning. My friend Michelle, who lived behind us, also got in on the hammock deal and ordered one for her mother, Catherine. Meanwhile, Mum decorated the house for Christmas, filling it with vases of pink roses, yellow wattle and red bottle brush. We waited until a few days before Christmas to buy our tree so it wouldn't wilt too early in the heat and put it in a bucket of water in the dining room. Sunshine streamed through the windows and we listened to Christmas records on the stereo. I helped Mum with the last of the baking, sweating in our muggy kitchen. The scent of baking cookies mixed with roses, pine and eucalyptus filled the house. The hammock that we ordered for our parents arrived about a week before Christmas. I told my mother that I was going to play at my friend Narelle's house. Then I sped off on my bike to the train station, then rode home again, balancing the hammock in its long box on my handlebars. Shelley and Todd helped me wrap our gift. 
Then I proudly carried our present upstairs and put it under the tree. Our parents were truly surprised. It was the first time we children had combined forces to buy them a present, and they tried and tried to guess what it was, to no avail. We giggled and congratulated ourselves on keeping our secret, then counted the days until our parents could open their hammock. I think we were more excited about giving them a present than we were about receiving our own Christmas presents that year. Finally, Christmas Eve arrived. That year, we invited Michelle and her grandmother, who we knew as Gran, to celebrate Christmas Eve with us. We had a special dinner of roasted chicken, potatoes, carrots, and salad, followed by a special Christmas Eve program. Todd, Shelley, Shannon, and I acted out the nativity scene with towels wrapped around our heads. I was Mary. We sang carols while the cicadas hummed through the open windows, celebrating in the darkness. Then we ate a special dessert, pavlova, filled with whipped cream and passion fruit. As we sat around the tree eating our dessert, my mother pointed to the long, skinny Christmas present that contained the hammock. What do you make of this, Gran? She said. The kids bought us this present and we just can't figure out what it is. I know, said Gran. Michelle bought one for Catherine. And I said to Michelle, I don't know why you bought this. What on earth is your mother going to do with a hammock? For a second, we all sat in stunned silence. Then Michelle groaned. Gran, you just ruined the Knudsen's surprise. Shelley burst into tears. My parents did their best to salvage the moment and Gran apologised profusely, but I had to swallow a lump of bitter disappointment. Not only had our surprise been ruined, but it appeared that the grown-ups, Gran at least, didn't think much of our present. After Michelle and Gran left that evening, we pushed aside our disappointment and opened our new summer pyjamas and wore them to bed, where we lay tense with excitement, wondering what gifts awaited us in the morning. On Christmas morning, we woke before dawn, groping our way to the living room to find our presents. By the time Mum and Dad came in, I was already listening to my new transistor radio. To our parents' credit, when they opened the hammock gift the next day, they seemed delighted. Mum said, I've always thought what fun it would be to have a hammock. After we opened our gifts to each other, we ate breakfast in our sunny kitchen, and then I ran next door barefoot to show my friend Azon my radio. And then she, Michelle, and I played outside all morning. Soon it was time to drive up the winding road to Grandma Small's house in Warramu. All of the aunts and uncles and cousins were there. The uncles had set up a large tent in the backyard where sausage rolls, meat pies, roast chicken and salads were all laid out on long tables. My cousins Lindy and Sandra and I had to shoo flies away from the table while mum and the aunts finished bringing out the trifles and the piece de resistance, the plum pudding for dessert. Grandma boiled the plum pudding in brandy weeks before Christmas and then strung it up in the laundry to cure until Christmas Day. She always hid a 10 cent piece in the pudding and whoever got it would have good luck all year. Mum warned us to bite carefully. As dinner began, we popped our Christmas crackers. Inside each was a paper crown, which we all had to wear, and a small trinket like a miniature jack set or a tiny joke book. We ate on picnic blankets on the lawn, sweating over meat pies and trifle. Then we ran off to have races on Grandma's swing set. After we got home in the early evening, Dad took us for a swim at the nearby cove on the banks of the Nepean. We set out with our poodle Suzette and hiked down to the little beach, where other swimmers were celebrating in the waning daylight, roasting sausages over small fires. I plunged into the river, the coolness enveloping me as I swam out, then returned to the tangle of willow and gum trees on the shore. 
we played tag on the beach and threw rocks and sticks into the water for Suzette to retrieve. Finally, at dusk, we wrapped towels around our waists and idled home to play with our new toys one more time before bed. Incidentally, none of the trees in our yard were spaced close enough together to tie a hammock between. So the hammock remained in its packaging in the laundry room until we left it behind when we moved to the US when I was almost 16. Gran had been right. The hammock was not a practical gift. But I still smile when I remember the anticipation we kids felt about giving our parents our gift. Our summer Christmases ended when we moved from Australia. Eventually, I grew used to spending December lounging by the fireplace, drinking warm cider and cocoa and playing in the snow. And now I embrace our winter Christmases. But sometimes, on a June day, when I lie in the shade and listen to the crickets hum, I think of Christmas carols and new toys and plum pudding, and I remember the magic of a summer Christmas. Uh, Melissa, why don't we start out? Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us where you are? Uh, Well, I actually am living in Provo, Utah with my husband. I have four children and they've all they're all grown and married and out of the nest. So it's just me and my husband now. Well, that's exciting. So, They've launched. Yep, what do you, uh, launched. Yeah. what is this new phase of your life like? It's very different. Um, I was a full-time homemaker while they were growing up. So it's been an adjustment. Yes. Now that they're gone, I'm a, a writer and editor. So I, well, that makes, yeah. that makes sense. Cause you have a beautifully written story. Oh, thank you. So uh, what do you, <laughs> what publications do you write and edit for? I'm actually, I used to write for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I was doing editing for them and doing their seminary manuals. And mm-hmm. I'm still working a little bit for them on, they're doing a new hymn book. So I'm working on the, on the hymn book. And now I'm just working on writing my own novel. Oh. I'm writing a, a historical romance set in Australia. I like to write about Australia. So. Yeah. When you're launching your book, send me a link. We'll okay. uh, do an Amazon <laughs> pre-order for you. And okay. Get it. <laughs> well, I can relate to this story specifically because we recently moved from a very cold climate to a much warmer one. And it's interesting with holidays because so much of it is like sensory cues, you know, the tastes and the, you know, the music and the, like the feeling of it is so different. So what took you to the USA and any advice for those of us making that like climate adjustment during the holidays? Uh, My father was a chiropractor. So my mother's actually Australian um, and he met her when he was serving a mission for the church in Australia. And I was born in the States and I have a younger brother and sister who were born in the States. But then when I was seven, we moved to Australia He got established there with his chiropractic practice. And when we moved there, we always planned on moving back at some point. And so we moved back when I was 16. Uh, We moved to Fresno, California. It was quite a change from Australia. Uh, That first Christmas seemed so depressing because it was foggy and cold. And we were used to sunshine and warmth and swimming and all of those other traditions that go along with a warm Christmas. It took a few years to get used to the cold at Christmas time, for sure. Did you keep any of your Australian traditions? The one that I can think of and that we still do today is the Christmas crackers Mm -hmm. where you open them and there's a little 
treat inside in a crown, a paper crown. So we still do that at Christmas time with my kids. Uh, okay, your Australian neighborhood sounds amazing. Can you tell me a little bit more about that community you grew up in? Well, it was a beautiful place to grow up. Like I said, we had the river right by us. And it was a river that was big enough for people to boat and water ski on. And we were at the foothills of the Blue Mountains in in Australia. When we lived there, we were one of the first houses in the neighborhood. So there was still quite a lot of bush and forest. And one time there was a koala outside in, in one of our gum trees. We would roam through the bush and down by the river and Yeah, it was a magical place to grow up for sure. Mm -hmm. What is the Skinny Dip perfume commercial? Um, It was just a popular commercial. It was just a a perfume called Skinny Dip. And in the commercial, there would be a naked girl that would be swimming through a, I guess, a pool or something, or I don't know if it was something more natural, but that was the Skinny Dip perfume commercial. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Everybody was just trying to... Figure out what that was. Reenact the commercial. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Do you ever get back to Australia? Um, I've only been back once. We took our children when my oldest was about to graduate from high school or had just graduated from high school. And that was her senior trip. And we went to Australia and we visited my neighborhood. Um, It was very different because there were a lot more homes and there wasn't as much forest. But it brought back all of my childhood memories. It was, I loved being able to visit our neighborhood and see it one more time. We went down to the river and my kids were very impressed that I had grown up in such a beautiful area. They were just like, oh, mom, this would have been so fun to grow up in. My son was was actually quite impressed that we would explore the bush when we were growing up because, you know, poisonous snakes and spiders and I was like, oh, yeah, we used to just play in the bush all the time. I mean, it is pretty brave, actually. There are poisonous snakes and spiders. I know. (laughs) There are. I know. My mom would shoo us out the door and say, watch out for the death adders. And I guess she wasn't worried about us. But um, So I remember when I was a kid counting my money and trying to figure out what I could afford to get everybody for what I could afford to spend for Christmas on gifts for my family. And it wasn't much. And I remember uh-huh. going to the like the drugstore, the thrifty drugstore nearby and staring at this shelf of cologne. And it must have been terrible cologne because it must have been so cheap. But I was looking for something for my dad. And I'm like, it was very smart of you to pool your money with your siblings to afford uh-huh. something half decent. <laughs> and your parents were real sports about the hammock. <laughs> what they do you were. think they really wanted for Christmas that year? Oh, I have no idea. I mean, I think they were delighted with the idea that we went to so much trouble. But we should have looked at our yard first because we didn't have any trees close enough together to hang a hammock on. So it really wasn't a practical gift at all. (laughs) (laughs) But we weren't thinking about that. that. So your friend Michelle's grand comes over, is invited for Christmas, and then she's spoils your big gift, crushes all these children's hearts. Was she ever invited back? I don't think so. <laughs> so <laughs> not that we didn't want to invite her, but I just don't think it worked out any other Christmas after that, that Michelle and Gran came over. <laughs> so. um, how did you get started with StoryWorth? Uh, my children bought it for me for my birthday last, not this 
last birthday, but the year before. Do you have your book yet? I still have okay. a few more stories to do and then hope yeah. to get the book. No rush. But thank you for sharing this one with us. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for letting me share. No, of course. Of course. It's a beautiful story. Well written. It's great. Thanks for joining us today. If you want to get started writing your life stories or want to give the gift of StoryWorth to a loved one, head over to StoryWorth.com. We hope you all have wonderful holidays. We'll be back in two weeks with a story about childhood pranks gone very wrong. And in the meantime, if you want one of your stories to be considered for the podcast, head to StoryWorth.com slash podcast. StoryWorth is a production of Evergreen Podcasts, hosted by me, Krista Baum, and produced by Aaron Land. We get production help from Wendy Sabrozo, and our mix engineer is Zach Hurst. Merry Christmas, you guys. And we'll meet again in 2024. Happy New Year, everyone.